It's February 23rd, 2022. Welcome to the new reality edition of Bite Marks Cafe right here on Hawaii Public Radio, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. My name is Bert Lum. And uh, first up, we'll have uh, Mickey Tomita from the Education Incubator. And she's on the show to talk about the next Foundations of Aloha cohort that's uh, that's underway right now. And then uh, we'll be joined by Nicole Lim from Movers and Shakas and and we also have Bryce Barrich from Sony Pictures Studio. And, of course, they're here to tell us about the uh, Movers and Shaka's experience. But first, I want to welcome Mickey Tomita, Executive Director at the uh, Education Incubator. And, of course, uh, they've got a cohort going on, Foundations of Aloha. Welcome to the show, Mickey. Hi, Bert. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, well, it's been, uh, you know, I, I, I shouldn't wait so long to have you back on the show. And, uh, you know, this is like number 14 cohorts, so uh, bad on me for <laughs> waiting for 14 cohorts to go by uh, before featuring, you know, Foundations of Aloha. But tell us, what is uh, what is Foundations of Aloha and why why are you on a tech show? Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, thanks for the invitation to share. And you know, it's not our first time being with you on Bite Marks. As you know, we run an innovation and entrepreneurship hub for youth and communities um, that has a predisposition towards social impact um, and really thinking about ancestral wisdom and contemporary technologies and how do we use those um, in service of healing our communities. And Foundations of Aloha is um, is one of those, uh, you know, proof points of that. And so... Um, the program really started in COVID, actually. Mm-hmm. We created FOA um, because the educators and families turned to us in, like, March 2020. And we're like, what are we going to do? We have to do home-based learning. Uh, we're all going to be at home. How do we co-work with our kids? Teachers are like, you know, all of the expertise you guys have in distance and uh, technology-enhanced learning. Um, how do we how do we have a healthy and, um, and happy time at home in this really unhappy um, situation and so Foundations of Aloha was kind of started to help bring social connection and um, and to bring like really meaningful academic and emotional uh, connection there, creative outlets, Hawaii values based lessons. Um, of course, informed by our time with uh, Uncle Pono Shim and his teachings from Auntie Pilar and Pasi around the uh, wisdom of Aloha. Yeah, I know, and and you know, I I was thinking, oh, geez, if if uh, Mickey can't make it, I'm gonna call Uncle Pono, cause uh, you know, I, I, the last time I had him on, uh, he said, Bert, how come how come you you never have me on? So <laughs> I've I've got to get him back on the show. So tell me, Mickey, I mean, like, what what do you try to convey, and and what's the format for the cohorts to participate in uh, Foundations of Aloha? Yeah. Oh, thank you for asking. So it's actually a free online program. Um, it's a six-week cohort. We meet every day at 7 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. to share um, an aloha value of the day, uh, creativity and movement challenges that get people moving in, like, mind, body, and heart. We also have a kit that we send home to participants that have um, posters and stickers that Uncle Pono and his team have created to remind us of our aloha practices. And, uh, and we also include in that kit um, supplies to build STEM-based creations, like sundials that help us develop a sense of place and some other creative projects um, that we source from different local uh, creatives. Mm-hmm. And, and <clears throat> you know, in terms of uh, the production of this, I mean, in, in what way have, have uh, you been part of the design of uh, Foundations of Aloha? 
Yeah, so Foundations of Aloha is um, is our sort of uh, innovation on Uncle Pono's Higher Skills Academy um, cohort, mm-hmm. which he's been running for the last, um, I don't know, I guess eight years. And uh, it's an executive leadership, Aloha-based training um, that he has thousands of students. And at this point, our Foundations of Aloha program has had 2,000 registrants and over 1,500 regular participants as well. Uh, from all over the place, but uh, primarily in Hawaii, but definitely um, there have been international participants as well. And 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 Mickey, how what is the I guess profile of the person that would uh, perhaps take part in in cohort uh, I guess fourteen for Foundations of Aloha? Yeah, so we offer like family friendly kind of local uh, locally grounded resources and. And a real place for discussion and connection. So anybody who's interested in learning about um, Auntie Pilahi's ancestral sort of teachings of aloha, you mm-hmm. know, that aloha is made up of many different values, amongst them akahai, lokahi, olu, olu, ha'a, and ahonui, um, to explore each of those concepts as it helps to guide us um, in our pers- personal and professional lives towards um, well-being and healing that's grounded in place in Hawaii. Um, and so we have families that join us. We have uh, kupuna or elders that join us. You know, really, we say eight months to 80 years old has been the span of our participants. Um, and, and we welcome people to come when, when it calls to them. And so even though the program is six weeks and we meet daily, um, twice a day, some people come only in the morning. You know, we have a lot of teachers calling in from their classrooms. They like to eat breakfast with us at mm-hmm. 7 in the morning before mm-hmm. they open their classroom. We have some parents that call in at 4.30 as they're walking with their families or out at the beach. Um, There's just a a lot of people that come for that harvesting their own medicine and and really sharing medicine with others in in the practice of Aloha. Oh, that's great. And and this is all pretty much done virtually over over Zoom connection? It is. It's all over Zoom. We have, um, we just created, you know, we have Google Slide Decks and we share those resources. We, um, We meet over um, over video call that like you know twice a day and on Sundays with Uncle Pono actually when he when he can make it and we hear um, stories we share stories uh, and then you know some of the really interesting variations that have come of this also like, we ran a cohort for city and county of Honolulu employees and we are also doing that we had a request from places like Dartmouth College or UCLA to run cohorts as well that are similar in this, um, and then we also partnered with the Office of Fine Education to do a teacher cohort um, to bring the practices of aloha into classrooms as social-emotional learning supports and aligned with HA, the um, Hawaiian Values Framework for uh, Public Education. Well, Mickey, I'm going to um, definitely call you up and see if I could get a cohort that's uh, for the uh, broadband hui, uh, because we're oh. marching along and uh would love to maybe uh, incorporate the Foundations of Aloha. So, Mickey, where can people check out the uh, Foundations of Aloha and, and perhaps sign up? Because I think there's still time to sign up for this Cohort 14. Yeah, absolutely. We have a bit.ly for the registration. So that's a bit.ly at Cohort 14 REG or REG. Um, but you can check it out on our website as well, eduincubator.org. Um, has our information on Foundations of Aloha and a number of our other programs that fall under our Aloha by Design work. Sounds good. I'll put that up on our show notes. Mahalo, Mickey, for joining us. Uh, thank you, Bert, for doing all the work that you do <laughs> and for supporting our community. This is amazing. You're awesome. This oh. is not the twilight of your career. You're still a young man. Ah, thank you, Mickey. <laughs> you make, you're bringing tears to my eyes.
Uh, we'll take a short break, and when we return, we'll be joined by Nicole Lim from Movers and Shakas and Bryce uh, Barrett from Sony Pictures Studio. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Ulupono Initiative. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe right here on Hawaii Public Radio, and I'm happy to welcome Nicole Lim, Director of Movers and Shakas, and Bryce Barrich. He's the Technology Business Program Manager over at Sony Picture Studio. And, of course, uh, we have them on because we want to catch up on what's happening with Movers and Shakas. And, of course, I want to welcome you both to Bite Marks Cafe. Thanks so much, Bert. Happy to be back. Thank you, Bert. Now, you know, the the fact that uh, I've gone virtual and people can now call in and I can pretty much have them call in from wherever, uh, which, you know, there's some, some differences with uh, not having them in the studio. But I got I to gotta tell you, you know, when um, Nicole is calling in from Mexico, <laughs> and which I, <laughs> which I had to actually look up on a map to find out where she is, and, and uh, uh, Bryce is uh, calling in from uh, one of my old stomping grounds over in Seattle, so... I'm I'm really happy to have you both on and and um, Nicole. I mean, just just real briefly, tell me. I mean, what are you doing in Mexico? And I can't even pronounce you. Playa Playa del something. Where Playa where are Carmen. you? Yeah, yep, Playa del Carmen. Well, before the pandemic, maybe as ahead of my time, um, I was a digital nomad, uh, doing some kinds of remote work before remote work was a thing. Mm-hmm. I was like writing GMAT math test prep questions for a test prep company. Uh, doing some executive leadership coaching online, um, and living in different places in the world. So Playa del Carmen actually was one of my nomadic bases that I would come to at least four times a year um, and really built a community here. So, um, you know, the, the, the cohort, the second cohort just finished, so uh, it took some time to come out here and, and unwind and get some R&R. So always happy to be a global citizen of the world. Oh, that's that's great. And, of course, you... Picked somebody from uh, cohort two to join us, and I'm 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 great. I'm glad you got Bryce uh, Barrett uh, to join us. I mean, yeah. how did out of all the people that you could have picked, how did you pick Bryce? Well, the the cohort, um, the second cohort, uh, like cohort one, was highly selective, and we really looked at three major criteria. One was kind of contribution to Hawaii, the potential for long term contribution to Hawaii. So looking at people's um, kind of job skills and their existing ties to Hawaii. And Bryce um, is a proud alum of UH um, and also Native Hawaiian uh, with family in Hawaii. So, you know, especially um, Kama'aina, returning Kama'aina, that has always been a focus for our program, uh, you know, kind of reuniting families as well. Um, So that made a lot of sense. Um, And Bryce also works in kind of tech fields. Uh, in different industries, and, um, you know, we're always looking at at talent because our program's really about brain brain gain and and really stemming brain drain. Mm -hmm. Um, Second, we look at, you know, program fit, like do our cohort fellows already kind of demonstrate uh, this community contribution in their own um, hometowns or wherever they're living? Um, And then the third one, which was um, a new change to the cohort, was um, using the nonprofit and startup um, volunteer projects as a guide um, to selection so that we could more closely tie the community needs um, or the project needs from our local nonprofits and startups to the talent that we actually um, brought 
uh, to the program. And, you know, in this cohort, too, we had actually 20 percent, maybe even a little bit more than 20 percent of the cohort um, as current residents. And that was very intentional to try to um, deepen the ties um, within the cohort and uh, to Hawaii, you know, really anchoring it to people in Hawaii. And then also to have a, a local anchor for our relationships with our volunteer partner orgs or VPOs, you know, the local nonprofits and startups that we work with. Right, right, So right. Bryce, um, yeah, Bryce is a great example of, um, of a candidate. And, you know, we, we had, you know, 50 um, amazing uh, cohorts. So so happy that Bryce could join us um, and, and share a little bit about his experiences too. Yeah, no, that's great. <clears throat> and Bryce, so tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about what you do over at uh, Sony Pictures. Uh, thanks, Bert, and thanks, Nicole, for the, uh, well, uh, I think it was not even deserved introduction, but I'll take it. <laughs> uh, at, uh, at Sony Pictures, uh, my job really is to look at the overall uh, budget and, and forecasting planning cycle for enterprise technology. Uh, so I, I got into this by, I have a finance background, I graduated UH with uh, a finance degree, uh, and then I spent the first probably 10 years of my career in technology, uh, and there was kind of a a natural or organic way of kind of merging the two into IT and finance together, and that's where I where I spend most of my time now. So what I do is essentially looking at the whole budget of IT, what we're spending on and why and how much, and then help plan for things like data center migrations and major enterprise investments in technology. So so from a <clears throat> from a work a day standpoint, I mean you're not working on uh, any any productions or pictures. You're you're in essence kind of like a, a CIO. Essentially, yeah. I, I, unfortunately, I don't get to work on the movies or the TV shows, but uh, at least I get to watch them. Uh, I, I am supporting the CIO and CFO, kind of a, a split in between the mm-hmm, two. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, Bryce, I mean, what was it that interests you in taking part, uh, you know, being a part of uh, Movers and Shockers? That's a good question. And, and I think, you know, Nicole hit on some of the, the points just talking about the selection criteria, you know, for me personally, I've got a very strong connection to Hawaii. Uh, a lot of family there. Uh, most of my friends uh, from University of Hawaii are still there. Uh, so it was, uh, you know, I jump at almost any opportunity to go back and to spend more time there and just to catch up with people. Um, but also, I think it was important for me to feel like I was doing more than just spending time on the islands. And uh, I think this time and this program really allowed me to. Uh, spend more time immersing in what what is going on around. Uh, spend more time with community leaders. I was really impressed with the, the strength of the network of the program, including like state legislature, local community leaders, business leaders. There was a lot going on, and I think that was um, a really valuable and a, and, a, and a good part of the program that I was hoping for and, and definitely received. Oh, that's that's great. And and uh, Nicole, when you you mentioned that uh, you know the partner organizations that that uh, uh, movers and shakas established, and I know there were there were a handful of them for the first cohort. Of course, the first cohort was uh, relatively, you know, it was a whole brand new concept, so it was just kind of mm-hmm. getting off the ground. And and I think uh, when you by the time by the time you got to cohort two, I think there was some really good thought into some of those, you know, what would be some of those value partners that you would try to uh, secure. And so during cohort cohort two, I mean, who were some of the Nonprofits that that uh, you got the cohort involved in. 
Yeah, this was uh, one of the main areas um, that we kind of innovated on and, and tested. Uh, you know, in our first cohort, we had a lot more kind of individual projects. And the, the kind of focus of the program has always been in building interpersonal relationships. So we actually shifted over to team projects. So there are teams of four or five mm-hmm. um, working with um, 10 uh, volunteer partner orgs that were, you know, local nonprofits or startups um, in a few kind of key areas. There are a few that we worked with um, in cohort one, like the Foundation, um, the Pantry by Feeding Hawaii Together, and Chamber of Commerce Hawaii really focused on work-based learning for um, high school students. Uh, and then we really wanted to kind of take a little bit more of a focus on um, sectors that we felt Hawaii was uniquely positioned to lead in or um, were kind of critical to our inner internal sustainability. So uh, we looked at agriculture, you know, working with Hawaii Ag Foundation and Future Farmers of America and North Shore Economic Vitality Partnership, uh, Suma Farms, which also overlapped into renewable energies. Um, so uh, we also worked with Nimbus AI, a startup coming out of UH. Um, that Bryce was actually a part of, um, Pacific International Center for High Tech Research, or PICTOR. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also tried to do some in kind of looking at the, the houseless um, challenge here in Hawaii. So we um, partnered with Kamehameha Schools to look at um, a property um, in downtown. You know, what could we do to revitalize uh, and have a work-live-care um, space? So it really ran the gamut, which um, made it very exciting for cohort selection. Um, you know, people who had relevant functional experience or relevant industry experience. Um, and it was much uh, more tightly tailored to the projects themselves, um, the cohort selection. And one of the things that we did um, on the project teams was make sure that every project team had one current resident, because that would also provide kind of, kind of an anchor for the, the volunteer org, as well as the other cohort fellows. Um, and it was a, a big focus um, of ours to really continue to kind of erase those perceived boundaries between what makes someone like a local or a returning Kamaina or a visitor, and really focus instead on kind of the core values of Hawaii and, and how we can each individually um, contribute to Hawaii. And then, uh, Nicole, in terms of the uh, these, uh, you know, volunteer uh, what you call them, volunteer program organizations. I mean, they you must have done quite a bit of work uh, just establishing a relationship that potentially could result in a, in a in a project prior to bringing on you know the the fifty participants in the cohort, right? Because you can't bring on oh, the cohort absolutely. and then <laughs> try to go searching for projects. I mean, you have to have all these projects pretty much all lined up, ready to go. Yeah. Absolutely, and it, and it continues to be a learning. Um, but, you know, I, I was curating projects basically immediately after Cohort 1 finished, and, you know, um, it took like two to three months um, before we had, you know, our, our 10 partners. And, um, you know, sometimes it's, it's hard to take on a, a project team as well, so making sure that the fit uh, was right for the, the, the volunteer partner orgs um, and making sure that, you know, we felt that we could make an impact. Um, and we're playing with different, you know, models of it, too, of, uh, you know, the in-person programming where we do all the community service events on Saturdays. We have, you know, networking events like we did um, with United and Elemental and, and, and Senator Okai um, on sustainability and innovation. 
uh, all of the in-person programming happens uh, in, in one month, in 30 days. But the volunteer partner org projects, their, their team projects actually continue a second month. Um, so they, you know, there's still a lot of people in Hawaii, but, you know, it wasn't required to be on island. So they're actually still working um, on the second half of their projects. Uh, when the in-person programming ended, we did kind of interim presentations in our, in our closing ceremony. Um, but they're, they're continuing to work until kind of early March. And um, I believe a lot of the project teams are actually going to continue past the official um, end of that as well. And, you know, I think that's a testament to, you know, how amazing um, our partners are, um, how dedicated the cohort fellows are, and, and really getting that chance to emerge. You know, I do want to uh, give uh, Bryce a chance to share a little bit about what he has uh, been involved in and from a, from a project standpoint. Uh, so what we'll do is uh, we'll hold that thought, and we will be right back after this short, uh, uh, short break to continue our conversation with Nicole Lim from Movers and Shakas and Bryce Barrich from Sony Picture Studio. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bike Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Honolulu Waldorf School. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe on HPR One. I'm Bert Lam, and if you're just joining us, we're talking to Nicole Lim, Director of Movers and Shakas, and Bryce Barrich, uh, Technology Business Program Manager over at Sony Pictures. And of course, we're talking about Movers and Shakas and the Cohort Two, and of course, plans uh, for 2022 and beyond. And of course, right before the break, uh, you know, Nicole was describing some of the activities that that uh, you know, the cohort was involved in. But I wanted to get uh, Bryce to give us a little bit more sort of personal detail on, on the project that you got involved in and, and why did you get involved with that particular project. Bryce? No, thanks, Bert. Uh, yeah, I think I was I was really excited when we first started the program. Uh, you know, it was a bit of a, uh, of a coin flip, I think, what project we were going to be involved in, but I think I landed in the right spot. Uh, Nimbus AI is the company we were working with, a, a team of five of us in the Movers and Shakas program. Uh, essentially what they do is apply machine learning and a high-resolution satellite imagery and combine the two to better predict cloud coverage and patterns. Uh, and by extension, they're able to project and, and predict solar energy production uh, and, and and kind of predict some of the variability that comes with it. So. It was a pretty exciting thing, and the company comes out of a, a number of UH grads and professors. Uh, it's a born in Hawaii and kind of born out of the University of Hawaii, which was pretty special to me. Uh, it's it's a very important thing for the industry, obviously, for uh, for solar and, and uh, uh, you know renewable energy to have better predictions and better forecasts for production, uh, and that's you know that's critical for expanding renewable energy across the world. So. I thought it was pretty special. I think for me, it, you know, it was, a, it was a program that I really liked getting involved with, and especially hit home because it was 
It was something that came out of Hawaii and came out of the university as well. So, Bryce, you know, when, when you came in uh, sort of brand new to Cohort 2, how was the, pro, uh, pro, the project, the specific project presented to you, and how did you decide? Were, were there others that you were mulling over, or was this one kind of like the one that popped out? I mean, how did, how did you end up doing this project with Nimbus? That's a good question. I think we had a, an option to select. I think there was first choice, second choice, third choice, mm-hmm. something like that uh, for the application process. Uh, there were a couple of startups, and my background really is in small business enterprise, um, you know, development uh, prior to Sony Pictures. So a lot of my background is in energy management and small business. Uh, so it kind of it made sense. It fit pretty well with what I did and, and what I've done in the past. Uh, and I also really wanted to look at something that was more about business development. Uh, I, I appreciated the opportunities for community involvement, volunteer work, and and you know some of the nonprofits, but. It was especially exciting to me to look at, uh, you know, small business and, and really uh, thinking about economic development for Hawaii. Oh, that's great. And, and Nicole, you know, when, uh, when you've got 50 pretty much independent uh, uh, participants in the cohort and you bring them all in and, and there's a bunch of projects, I mean, how did, you, how did you wrangle and ultimately settle on which teams were working on which projects? Oh, it was a massive mind map of spreadsheets <laughs> and, and moving people around and really trying to create teams that um, would be good fits for the project itself, but making sure or kind of looking to at the, the team dynamics of it. So it was, it was as much an art um, as a science, uh, but, you know, luckily I had such strong talent to work with um, and everyone was like multifaceted and versatile. So, um, it kind of it kind of came together, but it was it was magic. <laughs> oh, no, that's great. That's great. So, so Nicole, I mean, like now that uh, cohort two is is uh, uh, kind of uh, winding down. I mean, what's your thoughts on cohort three, and and <clears throat> you know what what is sort of the future of movers and shakas? Yeah, um, that's a great question. Um, we're still kind of figuring out cohort three um, and and expanding slash uh, shifting our focus to the Hawaii Talent Onboarding Program. It's uh, really taking the Hawaii Immersion Program, this unique place-based immersion program we've created, and directing it to talent that has already made the move to Hawaii. Um, So working with, you know, um, our top employers here in the state and seeing if we can help acculturate talent here and and ideally um, retain talent for longer periods of time uh, to really... Um, help participants, you know, facilitate their social, professional, and cultural transitions to Hawaii to help companies, you know, really retain that talent so they can have the business continuity and, and you know, not spend on the recruiting and churn costs um, and really kind of build deeper community relationships. And then for the state of Hawaii, you know, really helping to keep the talent pool intact um, and uh, helping, we're hoping to spread, you know, uh, values, Hawaii values and and hopefully have um, more contributing community members and, and citizens of Hawaii. So we're excited about this new program. It's very similar to what we've run, um, and it's great. You know, we, we're talking to a lot of the, uh, the top employers um, now of the state. So if your org or if you are someone who uh, has moved to Hawaii in the last 6 to 24 months, you know, given the pandemic, um, you know, top talent that, you know, employers want to retain, uh, you know, having employees that are interested in learning more about Hawaii that might interact a lot with local people in their day-to-day jobs, 
Nicole, um, people who are going to make these big impacts on their local team culture. No, Nicole, I'll, I'll put that up on our show notes for later on. I'll, I'll provide the link to uh, Movers and Shakas. I'll, I'll definitely kind of keep in touch with you, and I want to get the update on uh, Cohort 3. Nicole Lim is the director of Movers and Shakas, and, of course, Bryce Barrich is the technology business program manager over at Sony Picture Studio, and I want to thank them both for joining us today, and thank you for listening to Bite Marks Cafe. Join us next week when we'll hear about a technology behind water cremation. This is, uh, of course, <clears throat> if you missed any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org, and if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email me at bitemarks at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HPR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. You stay safe. You stay awesome. We'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. Bite Marks Cafe.